This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Brought to you by Scott's. And uh, good morning to you on a beautiful Saturday morning here in Toronto and, generally speaking, southern Ontario. And uh, normally I would be saying, um, well, welcome to the uh, darling of the daisies, Charlie Dobbin. But Charlie's on holidays, so we have old friend Dennis Flanagan sitting beside me here in the studio to answer your questions. Good morning, Dennis. Good morning, Frank. You could call me darling of the daisies if you like. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, the show's taking on a whole new slant, but uh, never mind. <laughs> I'll think of a better term in a couple of moments to keep me out of trouble. Uh, yeah, the lines are open for you to call and ask Dennis any question. He, too, is a master gardener and uh, well-versed. In fact, uh, we've done the show together before and have lots of fun. So uh, he's a neat guy. I have a chance to talk to him uh, at your convenience, 416-360-0740 for Toronto area callers and then anywhere else in the province it's toll free 1-866-740-4740 so how's your summer been going pretty good absolutely excellent yeah busy busy summer um i'm kind of like charlie I, i'm involved in a lot of things like canada blooms and communities in bloom I know yeah charlie was judging that down in cornwall and i was down in the lovely area of lincoln the town of Lincoln, judging for communities in bloom down there. And, oh, yeah, and, that's uh, well in the Niagara Peninsula. Niagara Peninsula, mm. wine country, yeah. a gorgeous place to visit, gorgeous gardens. And uh, be kind of neat this morning if someone from uh, the Lincoln uh, Beamsville area was listening to phone in and say hi. Well, that's great. Yeah, very friendly. We don't charge you <laughs> for this call at all, totally free. And we do have a caller. Uh, I believe I, I don't have a name there as yet, David, on the first uh, caller uh, to talk about evergreen strawberry plants. Uh, we'll find out who that is in just a mo. Uh, we had a few technical difficulties just before airtime. Our monitor went fluey, and uh, David Gaskin, our producer, rushed in here, and uh, hey, we're, we're back in, in, in uh, running order, so to speak. Okay, let's go to our first caller here and find out what's going on. Hello there. Yes, good morning. It's uh, Alan. <coughs> Excuse me, Alan calling from... Oh, Alan, hi. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. How about yourself? Good. Where are you calling from? Yeah, a monotone at the northeast of Orangeville. Oh, in, around Orangeville. Okay, mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Well, what's your question for Dennis? Okay, I have a number of ever-bearing strawberry plants. And, of course, uh, every year the, the, uh, the berries get smaller and smaller. My question is, if I pull off all the runners as they occur, would that uh, give me larger berries? Yeah, it would, Alan. That's one approach. Um, and you're quite right. That's what happens. Year after year, they tend to get a little smaller unless you do something about division. So uh, maybe this would be the year to decide to you know, lift up some of those plants, uh, divide them. Uh, divide, as you mentioned, the runners, divide those. 
uh, replant them in a nicely worked up uh, new soil using lots of uh, farmyard manure. And uh, next spring, you're going to have a whole new bed, a whole new set. So it's best, Alan, if you do it in sections uh, rather than, you know, t- taking taking on the task of doing the whole bed. Right. Um, particularly this summer, you know, most plants are under a bit of stress because mm-hmm. uh, of the dry conditions. So do do a section at a time, a little bit of an experiment. But you, you sounds like you've hit the nail on the head. That's what you you should be doing, and uh, you, you should be all set next uh, next year, July, to invite Frank down for a strawberry social. Well, I there say. you go. Well, there you go. Wonderful. Okay, <laughs> I have another quick question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, blueberry plants. What is the best type of soil and fertilizer for those? Acidic, acidic, acidic. Uh, blueberries will only work in a very acidic soil. Uh, we, we, we talk I'm about sorry, very uh, what kind? Uh, acidic, uh, oh, an yes, acid right. soil. So we talk about the pH level of a soil. So you, you, you want it somewhere down around, if you had a little soil um, testing kit, which you can get from garden centers. For blueberries, you want it around five on oh, that five, little eight, indicator. Right. And then you're going to have great success with blueberries. Because uh-huh, right now they're in the... Uh, it's sort of a sandy soil, and I uh, put in a, a, a couple of varieties for cross-pollination purposes. Good. They, they, one, one plant in particular bore a few berries, but then they, they've disappeared, and, of course, now the plants seem to be dying off. Yeah, yeah. No, well, sandy soil this year, again, it's a big water issue, unfortunately. Yes, it is. Uh, it drains. Uh, so, again, adding organic matter um, and um, the acidic uh, value thing, try to, you know, get some evergreen needles, mix that into the compost, uh, oak leaves, uh, peat moss, anything to add that acidic, um, acidic bond to the soil. That's wonderful. Okay. Well, thank you very, very much for taking my call. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Alan. And thank you were you were very smooth sneaking that second question in there. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, I forgot. <laughs> I, but you know, to your credit, you didn't hear me say because I didn't say our mantra: uh, call early, call often, one question per call. But that's yeah. okay. You can send out Alan an invoice now, a bill. For well, the you know, question. I should. Yeah. You know what? That that's something we'll work on. A punnet, I can a spl- punnet of strawberries. You can <laughs> yeah, send there. You. Yeah. I like your, you almost acted as my agent there, working out the strawberry social thing. That was cool. Okay, we're going to be back in just a couple of moments. Dennis Flanagan, the uh, garden expert today, and our numbers again, 416-360-0740 in Toronto, anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And as uh, uh, Dennis was saying, by all means, uh, folks from the Niagara area around the Lincoln area, give them a call and say hi. You supply the what and where, and she'll come through with the how. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, brought to you by Scott's. And Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden, uh, along with Dennis Flanagan, who's uh, pitch-hitting for our good friend Charlie while she's on holidays. Uh, Mike mentioned in passing, too, here, and it's worth a good mention, too, that uh, Dennis is with Landscape Ontario, uh, in fact, the uh, website is landscapeontario.com, and it's the uh, Horticultural and Trades Association. And so what, what is it basically, what do you do basically then? Yeah, well, uh, our main office is in Milton, Ontario, but okay. we represent the whole province for the green industry. Um, All right. So members belong to us, uh, landscape contractors, maintenance people, garden centers, arborists, irrigation, anything to do with keeping Ontario beautiful and green, actually. Well, that's and, an important association. Uh, it is, and... Yeah. and, and and uh, 
you know, the members pride themselves in taking lots of educational courses and upgrading their skills, and they're a good bunch of good bunch of folks, actually. Okay. Want to check out more? Simply go online to landscapeontario.com, and uh, one of the names you want to look up there is Dennis Flanagan. He is the Director of Public Relations. Well, my PR would be uh, really sad if I hadn't, if I didn't go right to our next caller. So let's say hi to Mary Lou in Oakville. Hi, Mary Lou. Hi there, how are you? Very good, very good, thank you. I have a question, and I suspect this has been asked before, but I didn't hear it. I have, my my grass looks like it's been attacked by a rototiller in oh. the night. Oh, dear. I'm assuming it's skunks looking for grubs. So my question is, my grass in places is totally dead. Do I put topsoil or triple mix down? Do I tear up the old dead lawn? And then seed. I'm just not sure what to do. I've heard varying things. Yeah, there is varying ways to look at it, Mary Lou, and you're absolutely right. Um, it is skunks or raccoons that are coming there, digging up for up for the buffet buffet of grubs to to eat, and they leave an um, quite the mess. Don't they? Yeah. <laughs> um, Indeed. And what it comes down to, Mary Lou, is really the size of the mess, the size of the area, and economics. Um, you're, you're, I wouldn't do anything just at the moment because of this hot weather, but as we get into September. September, that is the ideal month to deal with the problem that you've got in many ways. Um, and if the area is fairly big, I would look at, as you mentioned, using a really top quality top dressing, um, spreading that on the area and, and putting a, a top quality grass seed down. And September is the perfect month to renovate a lawn. At the same time, it's also the perfect time to take care of those nasty grubs. Uh, people, uh, when they have grub problems earlier in the year, tend to apply um, the remedies way too soon, actually. And September is the ideal month. And so uh, get get, uh, get into a local garden center, find one that is carrying a product called nematodes, uh, which really are thousands of tiny little bugs, which always sounds strange when you recommend yeah, yeah. adding bugs to your problem. <laughs> but these are good bugs. And uh, when they when they wake up, when you when you add uh, uh, water to them to the lawn, uh, they wake up and they've got one thing in life. They they wake up and they go out and find find the grubs, and they bore little holes in the grubs, and that's the end of the grubs. And that's what those friendly little uh, nematodes do for yeah, you. Yeah, when you pick them up, actually, they're they're cold, aren't they? They they, they keep them refrigerated. They they do absolutely in the garden. So so go to a, a you know a good garden center that has a, a fridge um, mm-hmm. in in the back where they keep the nematodes. And so Mary Lou, what I would do, I would spend uh, August doing the research and doing. Um, uh, the finding out of where to get these supplies, or, or indeed, if if you want to uh, hire someone to do it, um, certainly our website will help you out. Come to Landscape Ontario, punch in your postal code, and and some some friendly contractors in your neighbourhood will pop up. If if that's the route that you want to take, or do it yourself, uh, get some get some uh, help from a garden centre. You know what? Thank you so much. And I have to tell you, I heard your little lecture on not asking a second question. <laughs> and I wanted to ask about nematodes. <laughs> well, no, there. I better stick with the grass and not, not insult everybody. And you took care of us. <laughs> well, there, yeah, thank but, you and have a nice day. Yeah, thank you very much, Mary Lou. Yeah, Patrolman Proctor here. I had my ticket book all set to go there. But you, you avoided that very handily. Thank you very much. Uh, let's go to our uh, <clears throat> pardon me, third caller here, Sylvia in from Toronto. Hello there, Sylvia. Hi. Good morning. Good morning, 
to both of you. I think that lady, uh, you probably answered my question, but I have another small one. Uh, we have two, three big trees in our neighbor's yard, one blue spruce and two big maples, and we get loads and loads of uh, needles. And over the years, the grass out the back in the yard there has died. So in the spring, we had it dug up. Well, then we got a lot of rain. It was too wet to do anything. Now we've had a lot of heat. So when would be the best time to redo it? And would it be best for sod or for seed? Mm. That's That's a really good question, Sylvia, because it really boils down to how much shade is there. Um, There's about shade in about half of the lawn, like over the day. Yeah, Mm. but this big blue spruce, I get tons of... Uh, the, uh, people tell us it's maybe the acid from the needles, is it? Yeah, it certainly doesn't help. Um, all those needles will do two things. They sort of form a mat on, on top of the lawn, right. and that will actually kill the grass and also the acidic effect. So um, make sure you're raking, of course, or having someone rake off as many of those needles as you, as you can right. to get rid of them. And aerate that um, area. Um, the ideal way would be to to hire someone with a with a mechanical aerator uh, right. to come and really punch some deep holes in that area. Otherwise, you're probably going to waste your time doing the the, the seeding afterwards. Yeah. So aerate, a little bit of fresh topsoil. And in that topsoil, see if you can add a little bit of what's called horticultural lime or bone meal. And oh. that's going to help to sweeten the soil because that's, that's obviously... The lime won't do anything to the, oh, the grass. Like no, no, it'll do no. the opposite, it actually. Spread the lime on it like yeah <laughs> spread the lime on uh work it in work it into the soil and then as we were talking to the previous caller uh september is the perfect month for, for getting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah grass seed and, um, and seed is better than than sod then in a house shaded area it 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 is to it be is. absolutely honest with you um, like half of the yard is shaded and half isn't so that's what i we were wondering whether to put seed on the whole thing or sod it which would be the best yeah i would i would i would seed it um seed. the uh-huh. seed will deal with both conditions the sun and the shade uh, again uh-huh. get a bit of advice from the garden center on the on on the type of seed right um but that's that's the way to go that's and again the way to go on insect September, eh? September. And we didn't know whether to do it in the September or leave it till next spring. Oh no, actually, yeah, no. the the fall is absolutely. The fall is the best do you know, time. Yeah. If, uh, Frank, if it's one message we got out today, uh, I think people always think of spring as the gardening right. season. Right. But in, I do most of my gardening in, in the, the fall, fall time. In the fall, yeah. It's great yeah. for transplanting, for seeding, uh, for lawns, for doing all sorts of stuff. So. Oh, um, right. You can relax in August. Just listen to Frank's wonderful music here. <laughs> it's going to be hot again. <laughs> <laughs> and, and get out busy in September. Right. Well, thank you very much for your help. Thank I you. I really appreciate it. Thank okay. you, Sylvia. Well, uh, thank you. Dennis has given uh, pretty much the rest of the summer off to you folks, and <laughs> but he's lined up a whole whack of work for uh, September, that's for sure. We're going to be along to uh, have a chance to uh, chat with Cheryl from Stony Creek right after these words on the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show. Friends say she's down to earth, and that's usually where you'll find her. Welcome back to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, brought to you by Scott's. And our thanks to David Gaskin, our producer, for lining up some terrific callers. You're doing a fabulous job, uh, David, and I expect a $10 tip. Okay, well, on to, as promised, talk to Cheryl in Stony Creek, see what's uh, going on there. Good morning, Cheryl. Morning. How are you? Good, thank and you. Thank you for taking my call. 
Uh, my call is about, we have a, uh, some beautiful peonies in the front, and it's in a southern exposure. And after blooming, my husband is a gardener, so he does a beautiful job. He cuts them back because we have other things around just to let it ventilate. But every year we seem to get this film on the leaves, both sides. And if it's a grayish white, and if you rub it hard, I mean, I had it in my hand, it will come off. But we get it every year. Other than that, they just bloom beautifully during the time that we have it. It's just afterwards. Like right now, the plants are full of this. Everything else is fine, just the peonies. Mm, interesting. Um, so, Cheryl, a couple of questions for you. Uh, after, what else is growing around there? Are, are there some fairly large trees growing there? Uh, yes, we do. We have, uh, we have um, uh, blood good beside there. Um, but it's not, yeah, and there is a there is a, a beautiful tree, a beautiful um, magnolia. Yes, we do have some trees around there. Mm. My suspicion is, it's you know, by your description, it sounds obviously like some sort of mildew, some sort of fungus disease. Um, yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah, pretty unusual that it's not attacking the Japanese maple at the same time. It's very specific to the peonies, eh? No, it isn't. It's mm. just, and we have. Um, we have uh, met, uh, we have some beautiful, like all other plants too. We have, it's called um, a peonies tree. Yes. We have those ones. We yes. have the hydrangeas. We have, yeah. but nothing absolute. There is yes, there is a couple of trees in the right beside. There's a lilac, mm. and so. Mm. But as I said, he cuts it back. We yeah. thought maybe it was the ventilation. But it, but it's growing again. Yeah, ventilation should help, actually. I think he's doing a good job uh, in, in what he's doing. So a couple of things. Do you use a, uh, any type of mulch around there? Um, uh, you know what? We haven't, uh, there isn't mulch around there. We have it in other parts, but not around there. Yeah. So that would be one thing to think about, is, is, is using a, a bark mulch you know, around there, um, yeah. just to sort of help. The Peonies are quite shallow rooting. Um, so my fear would be that you know, maybe they're drying out a little bit, and um, then possibly there's a temptation to overwater, and then you sort of get the fungus disease attack that comes in. Uh, the other very important thing is is when your husband is doing that pruning is to get rid of all all those leaves, is not leave them anywhere around. And this, uh, again, as Frank mentioned, we're letting you off for the summer, but uh, <laughs> as we get into the late fall this year, as the peonies actually lose their leaves... Um, get out there and collect them all up. I know that sounds like a bit of an onerous task, but uh, typically with fungus disease, they overwinter in the soil. Um, And so if you can um, be a a nice, tidy uh, garden housekeeper this fall, pick up all those uh, peony leaves and actually, you know, get rid of them, uh, there's less chance that that fungus is going to overwinter in the soil. and, And hopefully that will make a difference. And at the same time, um, your hu- show. What's your husband's name? It's We're, Guy. Guy. Well, hi, Guy. But he's listening. Here. Yes, he's listening. <laughs> hey, hey, Guy. So when you're out there uh, doing that to peony pruning, uh, have a little can of sulfur dust with you. Get some uh, get some sulfur from the local garden center and sprinkle that sulfur dust around the base of the peonies, and that should help um, get rid of that that fungus problem. Thank you. Um, yeah. Ever you, so much. You're welcome. And you were good, again, because Frank's got his pen and paper out here. If you'd snuck in another question. Boy, uh, yeah, <laughs> I was ready. <laughs> 
<laughs> I thank you so much. Thanks, Thanks Cheryl. Take care of the you're folks welcome. in Stony Creek Bye-bye. for us. Uh, you're listening to the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show. Our guest gardener today is Dennis Flanagan, who is the Director of Public Relations for Landscape Ontario. You can get to them by going online to landscapeontario.com. All sorts of wonderful information for you. Now, coming in from Toronto, let's see, Lois is on the line. Uh, she's impatient to get it. No, no, it's impatience uh, you want to talk about, right? Yes, I'm getting very impatient okay. <laughs> with my impatience. <laughs> they are getting eaten off right at the roots, and I had four slots of impatience all along the borders Aww. in my garden, and something is eating them off. I first, I thought they were just wilted, and then when you go to pick up the branch, it's it's eaten right off it's at the roots. eaten right off. Wow. Um, I, I always tell people, plant impatience. Nothing likes them, and you don't have to do anything with them. And Louise, usually you're right every year, aren't you? Um, I've had them for years. This is the first time it's happened, and I, d- I don't know. Yeah. I'm what? dusting mm. with uh, a safer product. Yep, yep. My, my suspicion would be that it's happening when you can't see it, uh, which is at night. Yeah. Uh, that's usually when the nasty, nasty, creepy crawlies come out. Um, right. Most of those are, are Frank's friends, but... Uh, <laughs> what, what do you think it is, Frank's I, friends? <laughs> he said most of the creepy crawlies are my friends. But I, I, my suspicion, my suspicion would be earwigs. Uh, my you first suspicion so? would be earwigs. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and so, if you can, um, um, Louise, get an old uh, black pipe, an, a piece of old uh, black uh, garden hose. Yes. And and lay that around your impatience. Uh, cut, well, cut I it. have some of those in the garden. All right, beautiful. Cut yeah. it uh, if you can. And and what happens in uh, at night? is they will, the earwigs will crawl into that little canal because that's yes. what they do. They love to do that. And then if you can get up bright and early the next day with a, with a bucket of uh, water with some bleach in it and uh, just tip, those, uh, t- dip, tip that whole black uh, tube right into the, the water and bleach, you will take care of hundreds and hundreds of nasty oh, little well, earwigs. I'll certainly try that. Yeah. And, and this, this product, this, this, if yep. I dust, then... I've turned off my irrigation system because I figure it's getting rid of the... Yeah. It's diluting my yes. treatment. Yeah, you're right. Uh, that is the problem. Um, so if you do do a treatment, um, at least give at least two hours before rainfall or watering for that product to, to you know to sink in. But try the nighttime, uh, nighttime trick too. And... Uh, uh, impatience tend to have a second flush, don't they? In uh, as the as the oh, summer. Oh, they're beautiful. Yeah. So way after Thanksgiving. Yeah, I know. So try that. Try that little tip and uh, use a 2020 water soluble fertilizer, and let's see if we can get another lovely bed of uh, impatience happening for thank, Thanksgiving. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, thank uh, you. call us. Call us back in uh, in the fall and let us know how that went on. Okay. Well, that's good. Thank you. Thanks, Lois. All the very best. And thank you for calling in from Toronto. We get calls from all over the place, you, you know. You do, don't you? Yeah. It's interesting. Well, our signal is such that uh, we cover most of Ontario yeah. and 28 states in the U- U.S., and, and that's without Internet. That's, you know. Well, you've been everywhere, haven't you? So they, oh, yes. They, I, li- they like you. They're tracking me down. Is what's <laughs> my creditors getting a hold of me. Uh, uh, I don't think Alice is one of those in Mont Hope, but let's find out if I owe her any money. Hi, Alice. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Good. Um, what I'm calling about is I bought some ever-bearing raspberry plants this summer, and 
I've noticed that the leaves are being eaten away. Mm-hmm. I have found, um, I believe it's a beetle, so I take them off and put them on the ground and stomp on them. <laughs> but um, I don't know. By the end of summer, I think they're going to be like uh, lacy-type leaves. Yeah. Mm. You know what happens sometimes, Alice? And, and first of all, Frank wants you to send in a video of you stomping on the beetles. Yeah, that'd, um, be, but, uh, <laughs> that'd be great. Uh, <laughs> you know what happens, Alice, is, is when you plant something new in a garden, it's almost like uh, putting a bowl of candies out for kids. Um, because it's new and because it's exotic and it's because it hasn't been, uh, you know, in your particular garden before, every bug in the neighborhood tends to focus in on it. Mm -hmm. So the first year, so the good news is the first year tends to be the worst, the first season. Uh, But you're absolutely right. It's probably the beetles would be taking care of the uh, probably the lower leaves. I'm I'm also suspicious you've probably got some aphids or white fly happening on those raspberry plants. Um, And so if my method of of taking care of that is just using a a very high high pressure hose spray, actually. And uh, when you water the water, the garden, give the foliage, give the leaves a really good dowsing with a with a fast jet. And that okay. tends to take care of uh, most of those white fly type of insects. You have to, you know, uh, be concerned with the underside of the yeah. leaves as well. That's yeah, where Frank, they tend to hide a lot. Something tells me you listen to Charlie. Uh, yeah, I, I, yes, I do. She <laughs> makes me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. And if you've got one of those clever little mixers that you mix on onto the end of the hose, you can put a little bit of safe as uh, insecticidal soap in there. Okay. And, uh, and unfortunately, Alice, it, as I said, sometimes the first season is the worst season. Once those raspberries have, have taken root and got thicker and healthier, um, often the insects move on to something that's a little easier to chomp on. Okay. Should I be cutting the um, blossoms like there's um, blossoms? On the plants, should I be cutting no. them off now? No, you sh- unless they've turned. Have they turned over? The blossom died over. Has it, has it gone brown? Um, no, nope. I've actually got probably maybe half a dozen berries so far. Beautiful. Leave leave well alone if they're new, um, and it's only another couple of years from now you'll you'll be thinking about thinning thinning those out if need be. But, uh, good news is, um, yeah, uh, no. Uh, Take, take some time off. Leave them alone. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much, Alice. And okay. uh, keep in mind that uh, Frankie Proctor loves raspberry pies. So okay. uh, with that thought in mind. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Okay. okay. I don't get paid much here. But what I can do in trade on the, on the air is unbelievable. 935 <laughs> here as uh, Dennis Flanagan is our guest gardener for Charlie Dobbin. Uh, Dennis from Landscape Ontario. Find them at uh, landscapeontario.com. All sorts of wonderful information you'll get to. I'll repeat the phone numbers here for those of you who may be just joining us for the first time. And by the way, welcome. Uh, 416-360-0740 in Toronto and anywhere else in the province. It is toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And there's good old Dave Rediger coming in to check things out. The, the uh, Dave's Corner Garage gang will be arriving at the top of the hour. Meantime, we better get back to biz here and uh, see what's on Leslie's mind from Toronto. Hi, Leslie. Hi. Good morning. Hello. Yeah, hi. Hi, Leslie. Hi. Um, I have a question about hibiscus. I have a hibiscus plant, two of them, actually, that I just got to replace the ones that someone didn't water for a week. Um, 
what I'm finding is they're losing all the leaves. The leaves are turning yellow. We're talking, you know, lots of leaves. Yeah. Um, even the new baby leaves that come out are turning yellow. Yeah. The blossoms aren't necessarily getting to full bloom. They're falling off. I've sprayed it with safers. I see no evidence of any kind of bug. Mm-hmm. Um I can't figure out what's wrong with it. Hmm, Leslie, and we are talking about indoor hibiscus, are we? No, well, I'm putting it out in my deck. And putting the, it out in the deck? Okay, that's good. Uh, but it's a tropical hibiscus, yeah. yeah. My suspicion would be, and, and uh, you know, no fault of you that you can't see them because they're sneaky little devils, uh, which is scale. Uh, scale is, is uh, very prevalent on some hibiscus, and where you'll find them is if you go down to the very, very spot where the stalk of the leaf joins the stem. Uh, so it's very, very specific. You won't find them anywhere else on the leaf at this point. And if you go down there, you'll, you'll find, if you're lucky, Leslie, you'll find them at what we call the translucent stage. Uh, so it's like a little piece of, piece of jelly. Um, once that piece of jelly hardens and it gets a brown coat on it, it's very difficult to get rid of them. So go down to uh, where the leaf joins the stem, right at that joint, and I'll bet you uh, there's, there's some scale insect there. Um, best way is to either you know get get your thumbnail and pick them off, or to get some rubbing alcohol with a with a Q-tip and just uh, dab dab it on there. And my suspicion, if it's, if it's this dramatic, if it's this dramatic, this this leaf yellowing that you're getting, uh, that's 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 the problem. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll check that. Maybe that's what thanks. it is. Thanks. Thanks, Leslie. Okay, and and well, thank and. You. Uh, the, the, your little uh, thing about the watering there, you're absolutely right. Hibiscus like to be well watered, but also like to dry out between watering. So, um, we can recommend know. every couple of weeks, sort of thing, or just a finger uh, test. Yeah, the finger, best. finger test about on an average about every you know four or five days. Nice, good soaking. Uh, take them into the laundry tub, and let them let them soak, and then let them completely dry out between waterings. tends tends to be tends to be the best way. Well, thank you. Thanks, Leslie. Thanks for calling in. It's the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show. Our guest gardener, Dennis Flanagan, from Landscape Ontario. And uh, having some really interesting calls this morning. I mean, a, ver- a whole divergent area being dealt yes, with. Yes, but your favorites, because there's a lot of, lot of food questions. Oh, that, that's yeah. true, too. <laughs> and, uh, you're absolutely... Would you stop looking at my tummy? Uh, gee whiz. I didn't realize I was going to get slammed so much here in the show. Uh, Judy in Sunderland, uh, up toward the Lindsay area. Good morning and welcome to the show. Morning, Dennis and Frank. Um, I have an Adam's needle that I planted two years ago. Last year it had a gorgeous blossom. This year we have tons of greenery and absolutely no flower stem. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I've done. <laughs> Judy, the good news is you have done absolutely nothing. Um, oh. Adam's needle are just famous for flowering every other year. That's oh. that's what they do. They tend to, uh, they're a succulent plant, so they tend to, what they do every other year is they tend to g- sort of go back to a parent form. They tend to store food, uh, put on lots of green, green uh, foliage, uh, and then... The following year, they produce another bloom. It's a strange, you know, this Mother Nature thing is a very strange thing. We've never, we've never really worked it out. So uh, you're doing absolutely nothing wrong. You're just enjoying uh, Mother Nature and, and what that's going to do next year for with, you. With the greenery. Yeah. yeah I, I cut the flower stem off. Yep. 
Is that good? I have done that. No, good for you, Judy. That's exactly exactly what to do. That's uh, uh, because that brown stalk is just going to die. Um, it can sort of wither into the crown of the plant and cause a few little uh, disease uh, problems. So. You, you hit the nail on the head, so don't think you did anything wrong. Uh, you've just got to, you know, uh, get, miss it a season and it'll pop up a brand new, beautiful, upright uh, white blossom there uh, next year for you. And if you can, that gives you a whole year to think, Judy, about a recipe for Adam's needle that you could send in for Frank. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't have a recipe for you right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for the thought, Dennis. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, by the way, Judy, have have you been living in Sunderland for some time? Uh, about ten years. Okay, I was just uh, an old friend of mine uh, who is now no longer with us, but a uh, wonderful man, uh, Dennis Sweeting, and his wife Maggie used to live in Sunderland, and uh, he was uh, basically an icon in Canadian theater. And I just wondered if if you'd happen to uh, know them, but I think well, ten uh, years. Actually, I like to say that we're in suburban. You're all in yeah. suburban <laughs> suburban, <laughs> in Sunderland. Sunderland. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, take care of the beautiful countryside there for us. Will do. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, you're listening to The Garden Show from AM740. Normally, Charlie Dobbins sits in the chair that is now occupied by Dennis Flanagan while she's on holidays. And we'll be back to deal with more questions here at AM740 Zoomer Radio right after these words. There are hundreds of sources for tips on gardening, but you need only one. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin continues. Brought to you by Scott's. And today we're enjoying the... Uh, a wonderful device of digging in the dirt, Dennis. I love alliteration, <laughs> you see. Dennis Flanagan. <clears throat> oh, I can prove it. Uh, let's go to Warner in Whitby. How about that? <laughs> Warner in Warner Whitby. Warner in Whitby. Yes. Hi, Warner. Hello. Dennis and Frank. How yeah, are you? good. I have a problem with my zucchini plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, it blooms nice, and when the zucchinis come on, they go about uh, three inches, and they turn yellow and fall off. Ouch. Hmm. And the leaves are turning all yellow. Yeah. I tried to spray it with a bit of vinegar. Yeah. But uh, I have no luck. Yeah, it doesn't sound Warner. That the vinegar would be good if you know it's an insect problem. I I suspect it isn't. Um, quick question for you: Do you always grow the zucchinis in the same spot? No, this is the first time I have it in one of those cut-off wine barrels, a big by itself. Oh, okay. First time, have you? And but you've grown zucchinis in the ground before. I I have yes. Hmm. So and I've had that problem before last year. Yep. Yeah. This year I put it away from all these others and put it in the barrel. Yeah. What type of soil did you use, Warner? What kind? Soil did you use? Uh, I put uh, topsoil. Yeah. And mulch. Yeah. And is there in, in that wine barrel? Did you punch holes in the bottom? Is there drainage? Yes, there's drainage. There's drainage. You're doing, you're doing, everything, you're doing everything right. Uh, it, usually when zucchinis do that, it's, it's what we call a physical reaction. It's not, a, um, it's not an insect problem. It's, they're just reacting to the, the conditions that they've got, um, which can be too, too wet, too, um, too dry. It's just the physical conditions. So... Would being hmm. in a wine barrel produce more humidity, possibly in that? Well, it uh, would capture the water more, and that yeah, would be a yeah. bit of a bit of a suspicion for me that you know it's it's getting a. Uh, although this year it's a little yeah. hard for for plants to get a little wet. 
Um, Warner, you know, it's such an interesting question that actually we're going to write it down and I'm going to consult with, with Charlie on that one. Um, and uh, we'll, that'll be a good subject to bring up uh, when, when, when she's back, actually. Um, Hello, Dennis. Uh, yep. Uh, I have these uh, uh, pop bottles, the leader ones. Yeah. And I put one next to the ground. The same with my tomatoes and cucumbers. To water. Punch holes in it. To water. The water. Yeah. To feed the roots. That's that. Maybe it's got too much water. I'm not sure. It could be when you when you're growing things in containers. It is different to growing it in 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 the ground. You've got to be a little bit more careful to the uh, the wind isn't getting at it. To yeah, and 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 some you know crops do uh, literally rot off. So uh, you might want to want to experiment with holding back on the water a little bit, but. Just in case I'm missing something, it's a it's a great enough good enough question. I think that we should carry it over to a, to another week and see if we can explore. So so hang tight for a week and 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 listen and listen in next week and and we'll see if we can get some some uh, other answers for you, Warner. It's a good very good question. Um, uh, Dennis, could it be that uh, the uh Bodies of Frank are crawling around. <laughs> thanks, thanks oh, a lot. Oh, you know him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee whiz! You have way but, too much fun on this show. Frank. Absolutely, yes, you know it's yes, true. You're doing, you're doing well. Thank you very much, Warner. <laughs> I enjoy it. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, Frank. No, no, don't be silly. Uh, I I love the little jabs every now and again. Uh, Not too many, mind you, but (laughs) that's good, Warner. You you know the nice... Okay. Thanks, Warner. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Okay, have Have a great day. The lovely thing, Frank, is watching all these names of Ontario towns coming in. Yeah. And I know a lot of these from the communities in Bloomworth that that I I do uh, with Charlie. And, you know, Whitby has been a wonderful uh, town for communities in Bloom. And, um, you know, I, I see down the road we've got a call from Woodstock. And again, they're yep. uh, such wonderful contributors to the Communities in Bloom program. Well, yeah. I have a number of relatives on my wife's side who live in Kitchener-Waterloo and uh, that area. And uh, New Hamburg certainly is included in that. Madeline, good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning. I won't go to you creepy crawlies up there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, for years, I've had trouble with clematis. And finally, about two years ago, I bought a plant. It's the Parisian. Yeah. And uh, this past year, we had, oh, I would say almost 100 blooms on this plant. Wow. What do I do now with the seeds? Do I, do I, like, do I pick every little bloom off, or do I just, like, what do I do? And when do I trim it back, or what I've... Yeah, good, 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 great, great questions, and I, I, I use that... Uh, carefully meddling questions because Frank, you know, gets all all strumpy here about <laughs> questions. But I'm gonna I'm gonna include Go meddling. Cl- clematis actually no, leave leave the seed heads on. In actual fact, many people uh, actually train clematis to come in front of a window during the winter time so they can actually enjoy those dried uh, seed heads in the winter. They're quite quite attractive and some flower rangers actually use them. So number one, leave the seed heads on. Number two. The pruning of that clematis you should be doing early next year. Um, you should be thinning it out early early next year. A couple of little tips with this dry weather is try to make sure you've got mulch, although sounds maddling, whatever you're doing with 100 blooms plus, you're doing okay. Uh, but some sort of mulch or low ground cover around the base of that clematis to keep, keep the roots um, uh, away from the, the hot sun. And uh, you boy... Madeline, from 100 brooms from a, a, a fairly new clematis, I think you should be taking over the show. 
I wish so. I would have taken a taken a picture of it. Um, so many of my friends and neighbors and even my husband said, you should be taking pictures. You should. Wow. No, yeah. I thought, oh, sure, I will. And all of a sudden it rained and that was the end of oh, it. Oh, well. Well, next year, next year, uh, if you do those you things. will come back like that again? Or uh, it, it will. I'll tell you another little tip. Clematis love um, a... Um, um, I was going to say limestone, but I, actually what I prefer are eggshells. Do you eat eggs, Madeline? Oh, oh yes, we do. All ah, right. If you eat eggs, uh, keep the shells yep. and crush them up, and clematis just absolutely love uh, crushed eggshells around their base. Um, so My do- mother used to keep eggshells and put water on them for fertilizer. Oh, good for yeah. her. Yeah, well, New Hamburg, big farming area, they, they knew all sorts of tricks, don't, don't they? Go. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining the show, Madeline. We appreciate it. And uh, uh, just a reminder that you are indeed listening to Charlie Dobbins' Garden Show. And if you're if you've just tuned in, you thought, "My God, Charlie sure has a cold today," and she's picked up an accent too. No, it's Dennis Flanagan from Landscape Ontario, uh, and you can reach them by going online, landscapeontario.com. We'll be back to talk to, as uh, it indicated, uh, a caller from Woodstock in just a moment supply the what and where and she'll come through with the how you're listening to the am 740 garden show with charlie dobbin brought to you by scott's and frank proctor the sous chef of the garden along with us today is of course dennis flanagan from landscape ontario now tom in woodstock hello and good morning to you hello tom good morning there you are how are you doing good this time first time caller oh well hey I wish I had my bell. I usually ring a bell mm. when that happens. Oh, jeez. I'm so <laughs> happy to hear that. I've got uh, impatient plants I planted, you know, in the spring, and they were coming along great. About two weeks ago, suddenly, I've, several of them have lost their leaves. They, I don't see the leaves. All I've got is stems left. Yeah. And, yep. Uh, you know, I've got others there that are still in fine bloom and everything else. Yeah. Good, good, good. Good question, Tom, and, and this has certainly been the month for impatience questions, that's that's for sure. Um, and Woodstock is, is no different to any other area of Ontario, uh, where this dryness has, has played havoc with many plants. So sometimes it's as simple as, particularly with impatience, if... Do you have them in sun or shade, Tom? Uh, they get the morning sun. Get the morning sun. Okay. So uh, there could be a tendency for them burning up a little bit um, in, in the morning with this you know, dry heat. So let's make sure that uh, you've got a bit of mulch around them, that it's maintaining the moisture, and you're getting out there and watering them from the base, um, not just sort of overhead watering, but getting like a soaker hose or getting your hose down to the base of them. And over and, ab- over and above that, it could be an insect problem. We covered that earlier with, uh, with insects. Uh, with uh, possible uh, earwigs, and the remedy for that, again, is, is catching them in a, in a black hose. But try the water trip for first, Tom, because uh, Woodstock uh, certainly needs uh, a whole bunch of impatience this, this coming fall. Uh, so try that one. Okay. Hey, so thanks, Tom. Don't have Tom. to worry about those creepy crawlies. No. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> you started a theme. You, you've branded me as what you've done. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. Frank of the Creepy Crawlies here with you, uh, welcoming <laughs> Bill to the line from Uxbridge, which is uh, just to the north of Stouffville there. Good morning. Hello. Hi, Bill. Um, I've got three, just three tomato plants out in my backyard, and we had finally had one ripen. And I picked it off, and it's all black on the bottom. Yes. And we've pulled two green ones off since then, and they're the same. Yes. 
Yes, Bill. What you, what you have or uh, is is called blossom end rot. Well, you don't have that, Bill. Your, tom- <laughs> your tomato plants, your tomato plants have blossom end rot. And it blossom, used, end rot. blossom end rot. It used to be uh, interesting with gardening how you know studies show uh, new things, and it used to be that that people thought that it was a calcium deficiency in the fertilizer. Um, that used to be what we we thought caused it. But more recent studies, mainly out of the University of Guelph, have really shown that it's infrequent um, watering or uneven watering of tomato plants uh, causes this funny little disease called blossom enrot. So there's your secret, is to make sure that you're quite uh, religious about the, t- the timing of watering. Uh, so once you've figured out that it needs uh, water every two days, Keep that constant. Keep that watering every two days, and that stops that cracking out of the tomato plant and that fungus setting in, which is the blossom end rot. Not, it's not to say that that uh, that fruit can't be used now. That uh, that tomato can't be used. Um, you know, it's, it's not it's not harmful to you. It's not a disease that'll hurt you. Uh, it's just a blemish. Take that blemish out. Um, certainly, slice up that tomato. And get it over to my friend Creepy Crawly Frank at at, <laughs> at, at, at the station here, and he put it on his uh, lunchtime sandwich bill. Oh. <laughs> so you'll only have half a tomato for the sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it's just the rest. The first tomato that I saw was perfectly ripe. They're not very big. Yep. And I thought, oh boy, that's a dandy. Yeah. Like Here's this great big black spot in the yeah. bottom half. I I know <laughs> it's a sh- it's a shame, isn't it? And yeah. and unfortunately, because it's on the bottom, we tend not to spot no. it at first, do we? No. Uh, so but I started uh, looking at the green ones. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's lots of ch- chutney recipes and and things like that. But uh, uh, don't uh, don't despair, Bill. You, I think you're doing a great job, and and uh, uh, growing tomato plants for fresh picking is definitely the way to go. And uh, we have to put up with these these little uh, little so. problems. Hey. Yeah, you're doing a good job, my friend. You're, you're talking about impatience. What I've got to have. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> thank you very much, Bill. Okay, thank you. Okay, okay uh, Dennis Lang, you don't know my doctor in uh, St. Catharines. I'm pretty sure you don't. And it's a damn good thing you don't, because you're the kind of guy that would set up a scam appointment for me to go in for a physical and have him tell me that I have blossom end rot. And I, wouldn't you have a fit? I mean, well, yeah. Now, do we have time? Do we have time for one more call? I think we can squeeze uh, maybe one more quickly. Do you think? Okay, Pete in uh, Toronto. Hello there. No, oh, no. You know what? We don't. No, uh, we I'm don't. sorry. That Pete will be the first caller as uh, the boys from the garage get going. Uh, Alan Gelman and uh, Dave Rediger, and to see they've got a special guest in there. Well, I have a deal for them. If they yeah. if they can answer gardening questions, I'll, yeah. I'll have a shot at answering car <laughs> car questions. <laughs> oh, that uh, that ought to that be would a mix riot, it up, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, hey, uh, on behalf of yours truly, Creepy Crawly Frank, it's been a real pleasure, <laughs> Dennis, to have you in studio for Charlie Dobbin today, and. Uh, we hope that uh, you know you'll be back to visit anytime she uh, can't make the scene. Love to. You're it's, such a good guy to work with. Well, all, well, and you know, uh, having a, having a counterpart sitting in that chair yeah. always helps too. Uh, friends, you can join us next week. Charlie Dobbin will be back, and wouldn't you know, next week I won't be here. Oh, uh, I'm going to be in St. Catharines. As a matter of fact, they've got the International Busker Fest uh, happening next weekend. Excellent. Uh, and I'm going to be doing an on-location broadcast right from downtown St. Catharines. Wow. 
conference. I must listen. Well, oh, it's going to be exciting as all get out. Sounds fun. And around the noon hour, there's going to be 24 doves released <gasps> into the air from yeah from our How location. How cool is that? Oh, yeah. It's going to be wonderful. Well, I got yeah. to listen to that one. Okay. Thank you so much, Dennis Flanagan. And uh, once again, Dennis is the Director of Public Relations for Landscape Ontario. You can reach them just by going online to landscapeontario.com. Our uh, sincere thanks, uh, Dennis. Great job, my friend. And uh, once again, David Gaskin in the control room. Thank you. See you next week, my friends. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.